Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live on this 11th of August, 2019. Another early edition coming on, which will be regularly scheduled at this time, starting off this Sunday with some boxing talk. Something's going on, man. We're going to get into the preview show coming up. It just wasn't a whole lot popping. It's going to look slow right now. But, um, hold on, I'm getting there. Getting there. Uh, How are we signing off, fellas? Sound any better? <clears throat> that was, uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, Maybe a little. I'm gonna blame Blog Talk. How about that? I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame Blog Talk and I'm gonna blame Donald Trump for that one. So um, August 11th, 2019, we back. Slow week this week, but uh, a lot of news picking up in boxing. So we got some things to talk about. Oh man, <sighs> get my morning started. Fresh out the gym, up since seven, training for fantasy football. Like no man has ever trained. It's the championship or bus season coming up for me, folks. Defended champion in the year before a loss in the championship game. Ten and three, two season. Overall record twenty seven and six the last two years, so I'm up jogging. I'm uh, working out my thumbs so I could know who to draft at a certain time. Beat someone to the punch. I practice and test so I don't miss out on nothing, keeping up on everybody's football team. I'm watching. But other than that, eyes were on the screen of the boxing set yesterday going on with this zone, which mm, I'm still trying to figure out why I'm subscribed to this zone. It's a little fishy. My credit card says that uh, I've been unsubscribed since May, but it's still on for some reason. I don't know if they still getting my money like that. Um, but there's uh, been some breaking news in the heavyweight division. There's been some beef going on in the welterweight division and junior welterweight. Um, and a couple fights to cover up yesterday that didn't have much uh, big name notoriety, but names nonetheless. And um, in a fight that the Prince of Mexico had yesterday in what he called a win or retire match for Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. But nonetheless, folks, I want to take it to my co-host out in Houston, Texas, and see what's popping with him and swing it around to the rest of the guys. So, my man Willa, what's going on, bro? I don't, uh, I don't appreciate that IG comment this morning, but nonetheless, how are you doing, my friend? <laughs> oh man, you know, 
just another Sunday out here in Houston, Texas. It's going to be a scorcher today, so just going to be chilling. But, yeah, man, um, we were supposed to have a couple of fights, uh, a couple of cards on yesterday. I think the Frampton, uh, Carl Frampton was supposed to fight somebody, um, but he got uh, – that some kind of freak incident, uh, accident happened where an ornament dropped on his hand and broke it. Sounds a little fishy to me, an ornament in the hotel. So he had to withdraw mm. from the fight. So all we got was the zone card. A bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of Texas kids, mostly uh, Mexican cats, um, you know, putting in work, man. So it was all right card. Um, but, yeah, we got to – didn't have too much going on, man. So we didn't have the show on Wednesday, but we got a little we got a little to talk about today. So I'm ready to get into it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, we'll get to it. Uh, take it to JP first and foremost, and see how it's going on in SoCal. It's a beautiful day out here so far, JP. Willis said it's scorching over there, uh, but you know, right now it's all uh, it's beautiful weather for me right now. Going to be about what a high of 92 today. That ain't too bad. What's going on with you, JP? All is well, man. Fresh from vacation, Palm Springs. Me and wifey laying up a bit. Um, you know, it's, it's wonderful here in Southern California. It probably won't get over 80. You know, Southern California is where God spends his vacations. So, you know, we like to keep it nice, moderate, tank top, short weather. Um, <laughs> and your canvas shoes is, is how we like to do it here. So, all is well, man. Glad to glad to be on with you guys. Feels like it's been a while. Ready to talk a little boxing. Yeah, speaking of that vacation, how the hell was uh, Las Vegas out there, man? Heard it was pretty wild. Oh, man. Uh, you know, when the dog's off the leash, man. Look, you know, sometimes when you keep a dog in the backyard too long, say you have an adequate-sized backyard for your dog. He just doesn't go to get to go uh-huh. that many walks. You're a busy dog owner. Sometimes when you open that gate, he'll bolt. You know, he's just going to bolt. He don't want to leave. He just want to experience a moment of freedom. And similar mm-hmm. to that, that was kind of me. So I had a quick turnaround, a, a, a day and a half or with my parents and my little sister. No wife. I had no leash. I said, okay, look. You can oh. be an adult here. Be be moderate. Be an adult. Being an adult married gentleman, go there and don't be like hangover part five or whatever. But in the <laughs> end, I was hangover part five. Um, I I went to the bar. I was sitting there alone. Next thing I know, I, know, I had friends with me. Um, I also had my cousin coming along. Who was, she was coming to hang out at some point. Uh, let's see here. Cousin came. Next thing I know, we I got him splitting up from them. Rumor has it that I was walking around asking people, where's the monorail to take me back to my hotel? I was found oh, with a, group, a group of ladies from Houston who I'm told were trying to help me, but my cousin wasn't quite sure. I'm not sure where they were leading me to. Um, my drink of choice oh. that night, that what, what, what got me to this point. And I've learned something also. Here's another thing, and I'm going to give this. This is a warning for all of us who go out there you're, and drinking and you plan to have a good time. Okay. I'm sure by this time in our lives, well, RC, you might not be here yet, but me and Willa, I think when you get these mid-30s to the 40s, 
you got to know what the hell you're doing while you're getting hammered. Okay, so my drink of choice, I brought my own bottle of Jameson. So I was like, I'm chilling off the Jameson, all right? Whiskey. That, that's what sits good with me. When I go mm-hmm. to the bar, when I don't have my bottle, I say, give me Jameson. I don't want your bottom shelf whiskey shit that's going to make me black out sometime at the night, sometime during the night, and I'm not going to remember what happened from that point on. What another issue I do is is I double up. I was drinking St. Archer and Jameson. St. Archer, for those of you who don't know, that's a craft beer. Doesn't work, man. So I'm, I'm here, and now I'm feeling good. I'm about three sets in, you know, three sets of cup of Archer, Jameson, cup of Archer, Jameson, cup of Archer, Jameson. This is before the night Jeez. begins. Um, long that story short, game. two hours pre-gaming. Uh, I'm on a strip. I'm on an outside bar right outside of the, uh, what is that thing called, the link or some shit like that. I'm I'm right outside on the strip watching everything go by. I'm just chilling. Uh, girls, some friends come sit down, and boom, we, we start going from there. I'm buying drinks, talking shit. I'm just having a good time, not wanting to do much. Cousin comes, gets me. Uh, we go down to Fremont Street, and the drinks continue from there. Dude, I don't even know. The last thing I truly remember is being walked back to my room and feeling like I let everyone down. My kids, I felt like I let them down. Daddy has to be walked back to his room, nearly has to have have, have his hand held to get back to the room. Long story short, wasn't good. I'm ashamed, and I want another shot to be more responsible. <laughs> oh, man, that escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah. Man, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, uh, yeah, it'll chew you up and spit you out real quick, man. Uh, uh, last time I was there was for the uh, Golovkin-Canelo fight, and, you know, I was there for about three days. And the first two days, I was good. Nothing happened. Don't want to be that guy in Vegas where you you, you lose your phone or, or something like that. And then the last day I was there, left my phone in an Uber, pretty inebriated, and, uh, it was a while before I got back, got my wits about myself, and was in shambles the next morning. <laughs> but yeah, that's Vegas, cool. I was man. just happy to wake up. I was so happy to wake up with my phone and my wallet, dude. I have blown um, yeah. more hundreds than I expected to blow. I don't know how I went through that many hundreds, but I do know I was just like throwing out hundreds, acting like, man, you know, I'm just an idiot. You know, I'm an idiot. And I need my leash. Okay. Yeah, man, I, I hear you on that, bro. That's uh, I hear that that story far too often from everybody I talk to that goes to Vegas. <laughs> but you know, glad everything's on the up and up now, and uh, back on track, back on the back on the wagon, so to speak. But um, let's get to this boxing news, fellas. Um. <clears throat> I wanted to headline the show off with the fights that happened last night because, uh, you know, Virgil Ortiz Jr. had a a pretty good performance yesterday. Uh, But the biggest news coming out this week was in the heavyweight division. Oh, Lord. (laughs) This guy, Janelle. Um, But we finally got a rematch date set up between Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, It's been a while. Speculation was 
getting a little crazy. You had Andy Ruiz Jr. Um, showing up on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about the rematch being in the U.K. just isn't happening. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but Eddie Hearn, DeZone, and now came out with a date for Saturday, December 7th. The rematch, Ruiz Jr. versus Joshua 2. Fane is confirmed for Saudi Arabia. Now, I know there's a lot of money to be made out there. They're, they're talking about there's uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of a $90 million, $200 million pot in this fight. A lot of money to split around for the two. Um, <clears throat> it, it's crazy. A fight out in Saudi Arabia. Now, you know, there's the thriller in Manila, big fights that are not at the usual locations. But this one, to me, just seems a little strange. Uh, they're saying it's confirmed and all that good stuff. And um, Eddie Hearn came out and announced it a few days ago. Uh, I had I had a, 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 my questions about it, though. I, I wasn't too sure if that's going to happen. Um, on Twitter, uh, Mike Kopinger tweets, Sources tell The Athletic, which The Athletic has they have some credibility. Andrew Ruiz Jr. isn't expected to, t- to sign off on the rematch in Saudi Arabia unless he is guaranteed a significantly higher purse than the approximate $9 million he's guaranteed to fight Anthony Joshua again. Fight's been announced, and, and it's been, according to all parties involved, a done deal. But then some little chestnuts come out like this. Um, <clears throat> I'm not too sure if it's going to happen even though this is said to be on the 7th of December, which uh, I think Eddie Hurden will be competing against. Uh, if not the playoffs of college football, maybe the championship game somewhere around that time. But uh, I don't know, man. I have my, I, I, I know there's a lot of money to be made over there. And there's a lot of, you know, those princes. Who show, there's a, they, the, the WWE has had pay-per-views over there where, they're obviously going there for money once or twice a year, something like that. But these guys got like fucking lazy boy sofas in attendance instead of you know normal chairs that would be at a, a, a your normal event. You know these these Arab dudes, you know, got a hoe sitting on their lap or something. But I mean, it, it's just crazy. It's a weird. It's a weird, strange event. And not to mention the fact that women equality is at a very ancient time over there. You can't walk around the streets holding a woman's hand or you will get arrested. Women cannot drive. It's very, um, very old, old school over there, and it's just a way of religion. Um, Very strict on marijuana and things like that. If you get caught with a couple bricks of cocaine and you get caught with a gram or some weed, it would be the same offense going to a judicial system over there. It was just a really different place, man. I'm not too sure because I know Andy Ruiz likes to travel in packs now. Ever since he's became somebody, he's uh, had his not necessarily a, a random entourage, but just a lot of his family members going with him wherever he goes. I don't know if you want to bring your wife to Saudi Arabia when they got stuff like that over there. But according to Eddie Hearn and anybody who's anybody, this one is set to go for the 7th of December. Uh, Willa, what are your thoughts on all this, man? Because this is a whole lot to digest. I'm still 
not 100% sold on this fight actually being official for Saudi Arabia. I think that maybe something could come up and just derail the idea of Saudi Arabia. Either come back here to the States or somewhere. Um, it, well, I guess the UK is out of the question, but I don't know, man. What do you think about this? Do you think that this one's really going down and, and going to happen over in Saudi Arabia? Well, you know, when I heard it, it's, it was sort of surprising, um, you know, Saudi Arabia with, but, you know, with all the stuff that is going down with Saudi Arabia and, and I'm looking at the, the headlines and stuff, you know, the humanitarians and everybody else, they're wondering what the hell, why the hell they would have this big of a fight there. But, you know, looking into it, we remember we had the Amir Khan fight, maybe that was maybe last month, um, in Saudi Arabia, I think we had a world boxing, uh, super series fight there also. So they have a history of having fights there and, you know, Anthony Joshua wanted in the UK, um, Ruiz wanted it in, in America or in Mexico. And, you know, Joshua said, Hey, we'll do a neutral site. And it looks like they picked, or, you know, there's nothing more neutral than going out there to, to the middle East, right. Out there to Saudi Arabia. So, I thought it was going to happen. Sound like it was good, but then, like you said, Ruiz says, "Hey, man, you know y'all are making way more money. You know this is, you know these Saudi Arabians, they got them big bucks. You know oh, they're yeah. way, making way, yeah, they're making way more money than they would if it was going to be in the UK or over here in America. So he wants, you know, he's he's up putting his his uh his foot down and saying, "Hey, man, I'm not signing this unless I get a little more than this ten that y'all are guaranteeing me, because we sure as hell know." that uh, Josh was going to get more than he was originally going to get. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think it was, a, a, you know, a Charlie Sheen and Chris Tucker movie called Money Talks. And that's, and that's basically it. You know, this is probably going to happen. You know, Ruiz probably going to go from 10 to about 15 million, 20 million, something, something like that. You know, because like you said, he you know he's been spending. I think he got a. I saw him. He got a brand new house. He's part of that choker chain crew now. He's got the little diamond, you know, mm-hmm. tight chain on now. You know, diamonds everywhere. The AR chain. Yeah. So, he, you know, he's probably spending that little five that he got is probably down to about two. You know, he got five minus taxes. He might have got three. 2.5, yep. you know, buying a house, buying that. So, yeah, he's probably putting his foot down. He's going to need a little more money, and I think that's the smart thing to do. You know, I think they said they paid an extra 33, this was in euros, 33 million, uh, 33 million euros to get the fight over there in Saudi Arabia. So that's big money to be made. If I'm him, hey, I'm trying to squeeze out another 5 to 10 million before I sign anything. They need, They need each other, but, you know, they need uh, Joshua needs Ruiz to, for for this to happen. So, I think it does happen December seventh. I'm I'm pretty sure Eddie Hearn, he's got it set up. They're just gonna it's gonna be a little more negotiation going on, but I think it will happen. Crazy is gonna be over there, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah, man. Cause uh, I looked it up right now, and over in Saudi Arabia, it's seven uh, seven twenty right now. So they're twelve hours ahead of us. Like. How, I don't even know how they're going to do the time frame for the uh, visibility. Um, I'm not sure what the difference is from the UK time difference from Saudi Arabia, but for me and the West Coast, that shit, I mean, it's probably going to be something crazy. Uh, but I don't know, man. 
Joshua is going to get that back, though. That's crazy, man. He's going to get a lot of money for this fight. Um, and Ruiz, you know, this is life-changing money. Generational-wise, like, his kids' kids will be able to be financially stable moving on in the future. So this is crazy that uh, he's – it's crazy. It's just uh, – I mean, not too long ago, the guy's over here struggling to get fights and things, and now he's just in a position of power to where he could, you know, put his foot down a little bit more. But crazy times, man, crazy times. I never would have thought if we talked two years or three years ago and someone came and talked to us and said, I'm from the future, dog. Andy Ruiz and Joshua got a $100 million fight brewing up in 2019. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. But <laughs> stranger things have happened. Uh, JP, this whole thing about Saudi Arabia, man, um, it sounds good on paper. You know, two plus two should equal four. But I'm a little skeptical on this happening, man. Um, uh, for one, with the way that, that they treat women over there, uh, unethically, but do they have? I mean, are we gonna have ring girls? Because <laughs> you know, do they do they gotta cover up? We're gonna have ring girls dressed up in Punjabi shit, like or or the female reporters. Uh, I forget the woman's name. Uh, or, I can't remember her name, but she got some big old titties. Um, I mean, we're we're gonna be missing out a certain a certain feel for this kind of a fight with this sort of magnitude. Uh, I don't think that there's a big boxing crowd in Saudi Arabia. I'd imagine that these guys would be, you know, probably smoking some hookah, sitting down with their legs crossed, doing some golf claps at a big hook or something. It's just, I'm not buying it, even though it's supposed to be signed, sealed, and delivered. What's your thoughts on this whole Joshua Ruiz rematch or Ruiz Joshua two rematch that they got scheduled up for December 7th. Well, it's kind of double-edged for me. It's a double-edged sword. Um, I don't trust Eddie Hearn. Uh, I trust Bob Arum before I trust Eddie Hearn at this point. And this is just me particularly. I'm sure everyone doesn't share those same sentiments. Um, However, I am really open to boxing opening itself back up on a world stage again. You know, some of the most historic fights in boxing history happened off of U.S. soil. So, you know, Thriller in Manila, of course. You know, this was a heavyweight, one of the biggest heavyweight fights in the world, I mean, of all time, happening in the Philippines. Bumaye um, Ali, we don't have that unless the fight in Zaire versus George Foreman takes place. So <clears throat> there's been in a plethora of fights. You have Sugar Ray fighting um, – Duran in Panama, I believe, for the first fight. So I'm I'm open to boxing being back on a world stage. I, I think that opens itself up for more um, more spectacles. I think in under, other countries, they um, they attend fights differently. They they their fanship is different than ours, and it's, it's it looks good on TV. It looks fun. It looks crazed. You know, when they're jogging behind Ali in the streets and Bumai, you know, we're not going to do that here. Uh, you know, so I, I'm open to that. I think that uh, kind of resonates from some nostalgic place with us all. So I'm open to that part of it. Now it's time for me to go out on a limb. You know, I've been holding this in. I've, I probably mentioned it to you guys. But um, 
I'm going to just go out on the limb and really say it now. Uh, I think Joshua took a dive. I think he took a dive. The reason I think he took a dive is because Fury's tied up over there making his money. Wilder, and then Joshua has admitted this much. He said, I was thinking about Wilder during that fight because right before that, Wilder had just put Brazil to, to sleep in, in really good fashion. You know, he had moved the goal. He had said, Joshua, since you don't want to fight me, you don't, you're not fighting anyone, you're not going to fight anyone because before this, Andy Ruiz was nobody. Let's keep that in mind. Remember, it was Gerald Miller, and Gerald Miller got busted for um, banned substances. And so in comes Andy Ruiz, who he just said, whatever. Nobody gave a flying shit. Um, then it was like, I believe at the time, the talks were Fury was still tied up. Uh, Wilder had just moved the goal and also announced a, a, a fight with Ortiz as his upcoming fight. So they were basically having AJ left out in the cold in the narrative at the time was always AJ is the guy that's not impressing of the, of the, the three head horsemen per se here at the heavyweight division. AJ was left out in the cold with nobody to go to. So what'd he do in order to stall another year's time? He took a fucking flimsy looking ass dive to Andy Ruiz who's Mexican and right in accord all the Mexican fans just load the bandwagon not a problem okay so no matter where we put the gate anywhere the gate's going to do fine gate meaning you know people buying tickets like they're they're saying you can put it in Houston right in the fucking Dallas Stadium or whatever and they'll fill that motherfucker up with UK dudes and Mexicans to the rafters so gate's not going to be a problem wherever you go Anthony Joshua will make that money all overseas, anywhere. And Andy Ruiz, in uh, most um, anything west of Texas, he'll fill it up with uh, Mexican fans. So that's in the court. But point here is, I think Anthony Joshua took a dive. Let's recap a little bit. Through three rounds, that fight went exactly how we thought it was going to go. Matter of fact, Anthony Joshua put, Andy Ruiz down with a hard-ass left hand. Ruiz never been down in his life, he says. Hard left hand. And then just out of nowhere, now, then here comes all this storyline, though. He didn't have a fucking panic attack in the locker room. You know, you, you even gave us reasons before the fight he even get to the ring to say he's not in his right place. Okay? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. Joshua looks like a, a deer in the headlights. All of a sudden... This man has been to the Olympics. This man has been fought in front of 90,000 people multiple times. All of a sudden, he's having a panic attack for Andy Ruiz. I don't know about that, man. That that seemed awful weird. He's like doing the, you know, the move now is, um, what do they call it, depression and anxiety. This is everybody's move. This is the rebrand everywhere. We talked about this on my show. So if you ever fall off, just say, hey, I had a panic attack. It's real, man. I was depressed. Or, you know, man, this shit is selling. This, you know, this is, you know, selling salt to a smell at this point. But he does the whole panic attack shit. He comes out there, looks like Anthony Joshua in the first three rounds, <laughs> just clobbers him. I thought it was pretty much over. Then Bruce gets up, and the punches that landed, dude. Look, I, you can never tell how hard a punch is. I mean, some can hit the right spot. 
et cetera, et cetera. But the clubbing right hand and then some weird type of uppercut, you know, the nothing lands flush. We've seen Anthony Joshua, like I said, we've seen Anthony Joshua get up from a clean in the in later rounds from Anthony, uh, Vladimir Klitschko. And this clubbing little short right just, you know, does the trick, and you know, and we all know how the thing ends. Anthony Joshua gets up, he's happy as ever, he's kissing and hugging, and he's just he's fine with it. You know, just something we've never seen in boxing. We don't even know what type of competitive level this shit is. This is one of them millennial niggas. This is the new way, how they going to change it. Because we've never seen this somebody this okay with what happened. Um, and then he's up, and then things just go forward. Point there, I think Anthony Joshua took a dive so they could stall another year's time, make all the same money. I think Eddie Hearn is one of these guys, unlike <clears throat> many at the PBC stable, in a narrative that's kind of formed over there, one could say, is that you don't have to be undefeated. Um, I think they, they went to the drawing board, they looked at it, said, you know what, Anthony Joshua has a strong enough fan base, a strong enough following to where we could suffer an L. We blame it on this depression, anxiety shit, and we come back and we rebound stronger than ever. Just give us gives us the leverage, crazy as hell, in our next fight. This just makes them a better champ. I think this is what they did. If you look at that shit, I mean, it just it never, it never looked convincing to me. I recently seen it again. It still doesn't look convincing. Just what I think. Um, A-Rabs, you have to question where do they get all this fucking money from, or it ain't nothing but sand over there. We assume it's oil, right? <laughs> shit. Well, yeah, well, it's oil. Then I see why Bushman went over there, because they, they can buy anything that A-Rab money. Now, as far as how they treat the women, look, I'm going to get a little tongue-in-cheek here, but really not really. Maybe they got it right. You know, ring girls <laughs> coming through in, in a goddamn Klansman costume. That's what a ring girl wears. You wear a Ku Klux Klan costume to the ring. You better have some pretty eyes, bitch, because that's all they're going to see. And uh, shit, maybe they got it right. You know, you can't drive, you can't do nothing. But uh, get it cracking, so... I'm kind of down for it. <clears throat> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, I like a conspiracy theory as much as the next guy. I, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, I, I see what you're saying, and it makes sense. And if your conspiracy theory is to come true and come to fruition, it sounds to me like Andy Ruiz is in a world full of trouble whenever this rematch comes from one angry Anthony Joshua. Now, um, I've seen an interview that Anthony Joshua had with JD Sports, and he sounded really, I mean, just so so superstitious about himself coming up into this fight. He's he's talking about, you know, changing trainers, changing locations. Uh, I think he's setting up camp in Dubai, which I hear is about, uh, I think, a, a hour time difference from Saudi Arabia. And, uh, you know, he's talking about, you know, people that I used to hang out with before that, I'm not going to mess with them no more. And he's just a little all over the place about as far as changes that he's making in this rematch. It just sounds to me like a guy who uh, isn't a, a lacking confidence or something like that. He just, I don't know, he seems off. I don't know I don't know if Anthony Joshua has a, has a, body, has a body of himself inside that's as big as his body on the outside. 
Now, I could be wrong, but take it for what it's worth. If you guys get a chance to check out that interview, I like to read body language in fighters, especially after, especially after such a huge upset. And I mean, uh, the fighters who have had the big, big upsets in the past, their follow-up fight hasn't went too well. Will Andy Ruiz be the one to break the mold? That remains to be seen. So we'll see about that. Uh, Will Janelle's hitting us up saying he's on. He's asking what time the show starts. Now we went over this, but neither here nor there. He's here with us now. And I want to take it out to NYC and see what's up with Janelle. How's everything going? And what he thinks about this rematch for Ruiz Joshua 2, December 7th, over in Saudi Arabia. You buying or selling that this one's going down, Janelle? I believe it's going down. I mean, anybody that's been – I know uh, JP was saying about it, nothing but sand over there in Saudi Arabia, but I've been to Saudi Arabia. It's actually a beautiful country, man. It's very beautiful. I mean, everywhere you go, it's like spotless and clean. It's like beautiful over there. I mean, I followed the other dude, um, that former rapper who now turned Muslim and moved over there. And, like, yeah, I mean, I even see the places where he be. It's just beautiful over there. And they got money out their ass. And it's like – I mean – I'm all for it. Like you said, I'll, I'll bring it back to a global level. And um, and, and those guys got some serious bread over there, man. It's look what Andy Reese is going to be making for this fight. He can't make that shit. Even if he fights in Mexico, he won't make that, uh, make that kind of money. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, man, put it on the platform. Bring the, um, a, neutral, uh, di- a neutral area. I don't see anything wrong with that. But as far as, um, as, far as guys that are trying to knock it, I don't think this shit could get knocked being over there. It can't get knocked. And uh it's just beautiful. Every wide one is beautiful over there. I ain't seen I ain't seen nothing slummy, not like what you see on T V. It's like I tell people that's over there or in other countries, um, they hear things about America. I'm like, Have you been to America? They'd be like, No, so I'm like oh. I right, how can you say that? How can you say that? If you never if you never been there. I mean, I've, heard, I've been like all around this world. I mean a lot of different countries I've been to as you see, because you follow me on Instagram, so you see I've been in a lot of different countries, and it's like, and when you go there, it's the exact opposite from what you hear about it. I mean, really. Yeah, I mean, I like, like, don't, let people, don't let people forget that Dubai is the richest richest place in the world. Yeah. In the world, Vegas in the world. Is number two. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's like, the, and like everywhere you, people have everywhere this you go over there, People have this per- people Maybe. have this perspective that like Saudi Arabia is like fucking you know where Aladdin was running around stealing fruit and shit. It's not like that. Exactly, exactly. But if you go there, you see what I mean. It's just the most beautiful country you can uh, be, and they got so much money. And the way the government's run, I fucking love it, man. It's just like I mean, I mean they fund their money uh, properly. There's no such thing as poverty over there. No one is poverty stricken over there. No one, and, and, and I mean absolutely no one. Um, there's some strict laws, of course, like if you're stealing shit, but, hey, then just don't steal. You know what I mean? But it's a yeah. beautiful country. You know, let, me, let me ask you this, you know, since you've been there before. For Andy Ruiz, if you were somebody who was in his, in his, uh, in his team or whatever and would give him advice as far as, you know, you're, you're coming from a fighter standpoint and you know how much – I mean, I just said it's, a, it's, a, it's a 7 o'clock over there, right? It's 7 p.m. over there right now, 12-hour difference. Uh, how far out would you – Say Andy Ruiz should set up camp over there and get acclimated to the the whole time difference. Uh, from I mean, he's over here in Southern California compared to all the way out there. 
But repeat the question because I kind of missed it up. I'm actually driving. Oh, okay. Well, I just said, uh, how how uh, far out do you think Andy Ruiz should uh, head to Saudi Arabia to set up camp? Maybe uh, a few weeks, or oh, oh, oh. just to get acclimated. Well, I say have camp in America, and then like the week of the fight is when he, is when you go over there and get acclimated, get or kick the jet lag. It, it's only like what six hours of, of differential. It's not that. It's not that much time, really. It's like when Joe Kawasaki fought Hopkins. It's like the week of the fight, he came to America, and and then started doing the last oh, a week running and stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like oh, hold on, a I'm, six hour flight, you said? No, no, six hour difference. Well, it, it's I a twelve hour difference. It is like a, right now. It, it, it's seven p.m. over there right now. So that's ten hours. The West Coast, though. Yeah, that's ten hours for you, six hours for Janelle. You saying twelve? Twelve yeah, is yeah. seven, oh, and seven yeah, yeah, is yeah, nine. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, but he's coming from California, of course. Yeah, it's like the week of the fight. I mean, exactly. The week of the fight is like I think he still should have camp in America, and then the week of the fight is when you go over there. I think that's what he should. That's just me personally. That's what a lot of guys do when they fight abroad. I mean, a lot of guys when they fight abroad, they come the week of the fight, and then they finish the last week promoting and pressing and all that other stuff. You know what I mean? But, I mean, do a camp there, I mean, I don't think it could be that bad. But for me personally, I would have camp at my usual spot just to be, you know, just be comfortable where you're at, you know. And you know where everything yeah, is. Definitely. definitely. Uh, and, and what do you think this fight should be, Jim? You know, they're talking about maybe a $90 million to a $100 million pot. How, how do you think that the, the money should be split between the two? Because um, I said before, uh, early in my uh, my take about all this, um, who, who was it? Um, an incredible, incredible journalist had uh, came out and said that uh, it came out yesterday, I believe it was. Uh, let me look it up right here. Um, Mike Coopinger said that Andy Ruiz isn't expected expected to sign off in the rematch in Saudi Arabia unless he's guaranteed a significantly higher purse than the approximate nine million he's guaranteed to fight Anthony Joshua again. So it sounds like Ruiz might be bucking a little bit to. To pick up a, a a bigger share of what's I don't think being I don't think he's ducking. I don't think he's ducking. I think he's just making the right business no, not, move, no, man. No, not ducking. Yeah, the no, man's got to eat. Fucking. Yeah, no, he's just he's oh, just okay, okay. a little bit. Yeah, it, I mean, it sounds like he just wants to get a little bit more of what uh, who knows what the sixty forty split or something like that. But we know I don't blame him. Majority it's of like yo, these athletes. Are these athletes, especially fighters, man, they got to get what they can get as quick as they can get it, man, because. But your athletic ability is not going to be around forever. So get as much money as you can before you expire, man. I got no problem. But I have another question, though. How do you feel about both Andy Ruiz and Joshua slimming down for this fight? Both guys look slim as hell. Both- well, that, that's going to be a thing, too, because uh, on, on, uh, uh, when Ruiz went to Joe Rogan's podcast, he said he fought. On that night, about uh, I think he said two fifty five, two fifty six, something, something like that. He said he put on just a, a little bit extra weight uh, for that fight, just because of the the massive size of Anthony Joshua. So yeah, that's why I say about how far out he should travel uh, ahead of time to set up camp, because if he goes over there, let's say four weeks before, he's not going to have, you know, uh, Mama's tamales and burritos that he's been eating setting up for camp. He might lose a little bit of weight from the the difference of food culturally that they have over in Saudi Arabia as compared to Southern California. I mean, they got good food over there. 
and like everything is organic over there. That's something about how other countries are ran. I mean, every other country, um, their meats are not processed. Their meat is like, it's just like everything is just fresh in other, in other countries. It's because America, it's because of the mass production. I mean, mass population is what is mass production. And that come, and then, of course, you have to inject the animals with steroids to have more stuff, you know what I mean? So other countries don't have that mass population, so they don't do mass production. The GMOs, man, the GMOs, man. Well, it, it, it's crazy. I hope that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to see the fight over there. I want to see it at a rate, at a better time because this shit's probably gonna come on like at two or twelve or at, uh, noon over here on the west coast. So I don't know how they're gonna do. But they'll replay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure either. But I think it's still good for boxing. I don't think. It's, I don't think it's bad for boxing at all. Just me personally. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. I'm just being a. I just being a, a greedy boxing fan and one of times that's going to be better for that kind of fight because I definitely want to see that rematch. But uh, moving along, so let's Stop just, being uh, racist. Move on to... Stop being racist. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I ain't got no problem with that. But uh, moving along, guys. Um, yesterday, a young man out in Texas, 21 years of age, Virgil Ortiz Jr. had a fight on the zone against Antonio Orozco, and in which he just – Beat the shit out of Antonio Orozco And uh, Orozco there are a lot of people In the boxing world are saying Oh Jose Ramirez couldn't stop him He went 12 rounds with him over in Fresno And this kid Now they're talking about you know Orozco possibly Somewhere down the road next year Or two or maybe if he moves up To 147 around the same time Jose Ramirez at 47 they could get him Um, I don't know but this kid Looked really good yesterday And um you know, 21 years of age, looks like he's got some great skill. Uh, he, he had a hell of a performance yesterday in that final round. I mean, he <laughs> put hands on this guy, man, and, fin- and got him out of there and still has yet to see a seventh round in his young career. Uh, Willa, coming out of your neck of the woods, man, this this, uh, this Texican has put some hands on this boy, Rocco, yesterday. Um Looks like he's got a pretty bright future, man. Um, pretty damn good fight on the zone yesterday, the headline. Uh, what was your thoughts on this performance yesterday? Uh, because I, if I'm not mistaken, the fight was out in Texas as well. He was uh, fighting in front of his hometown crowd, correct? Yeah, yeah. He was fighting out there in sort of like the Dallas area um, in front of his hometown crowd. Yeah, he looked good, man. This guy's got this, look, this kid's got a lot of power. He's a big-ass welterweight, so so the fight was that welterweight, and Orozco did uh, he he moved up. So, um, but Orozco oh, was uh, you know he was. Oh shit! Okay. No, no, yeah, I think this yeah this was a welterweight fight. So yeah, he had, he had moved up. Um, yeah, man, he looks real good. Uh, he was getting hit a couple of times, a little more than I saw, but his defense isn't really that bad. He's got great skills. He's throwing he's throwing a lot of he's throwing power shots, but it doesn't look like he's you know, overloading on the shots. And, um, yeah, he, he's going to be a beast, man. Now, it looked like, you know, the fight, it was going his way, but Orozco was get you know, he was hitting him with a few shots. He was getting hit by the smaller guy. You know, Ortiz is a big-ass dude for uh, for 147, you know, with him, being, with him being young, you know. That's just how it goes. But he was getting hit, a couple of shots. He, he looked like, you know, the first round, it looked like it almost was over. And you, uh, you can see in his uh, in his uh, interview afterwards that I saw that I read that he said you know he he got a little too excited he had to make himself slow down 
So he's he's a guy who's very uh, cerebral cerebral in there. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants to do. And, uh, you know, going into that sixth round, I think they got the stoppage. Um, you know, his coach was like, hey, now's the time. Put it on him. And sure enough, he came in there, dropped him three times, I believe. Um, yep. Gave him that work. He's going with the body shot. He's hitting them with uppercuts. He's sitting there. He's got every tool in the, in the book, man. So we'll see how it goes. He said he still has a lot to learn. Um, he's not ready for the big dogs at welterweight right now. Um, I don't think so. Uh, but with being 21, we'll see. He's still got a couple of more years. He He's not going to get lucky and be like my man uh, Mungia or any of these young champions that are fighting uh, the younger weight classes that are getting these shots pretty early. At welterweight, you know, this is the best division in boxing, and uh, he's still got a long way to go. He looks great. He looks like a beast. He looks like he will be a champion. But at 21, he probably still got about two or three more years before he can, uh, you know, fight guys like Crawford or Spence, you know, maybe even Porter, oh, yeah. you know, Garcia, all those guys. You know, he's. I don't think he's there yet, but the way he's punching boys and the way he's hitting them body shots, he might be. But um, he doesn't believe he's there. He says he still has a long way to go before he becomes a championship fighter. And uh, that shows you how humble he is because he looks good. Most people would say he's ready. But I don't think he's ready for them top dogs at welterweight quite yet. But he will, be, of course, to be reckoned with real soon. So Virgil, he is the real deal. He will be the real deal. And he has a bright, bright future. Yeah, he definitely looked good in there, man. And uh, good discipline as well, because as you, you mentioned that first round when he buckled old boy in the corner, he, <clears throat> he started to put his foot on the gas, and then you could tell he took his foot off the accelerator and you know, decided to open him up a little bit more before he decided to go all out. I, I, you know, it's just probably fighting in front of your hometown, get a little hype, lose sight of the game plan a little bit, and, you know, do get caught that way. But he's smart enough to, you know, has really good, really good skills in there, man. Um, he looks really good. Uh, but if you ask me, I think that, you know, Orozco just, you know, Jose Ramirez took the ghost, so to speak, from Orozco. So he was just a man with no soul in there, and that's why, you know, he got him out of there so quickly, so I don't know. But anyways, JP, did you see this fight yesterday on the zone? Because a lot of people are talking about how hype uh, about the the hype train is picking up with this kid because 21 years of age, hell of a skill set, great performance. Uh, seems like the future is pretty bright for this kid, and um, you know he's 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 got a fan base out there, man. He's doing some big things and had a hell of a performance yesterday. Well, for me. The measuring stick wasn't really what Virgil was able to do. The measuring stick more so was Orozco. And it was two things. Did we have a guy in Orozco who would have been formidable for anyone in the welterweight division? Well, not anyone, but a lot of guys in the welterweight division. Would have Orozco been a competitive, say, against a Sean Porter, a, a Danny Garcia, Manny Pacquiao? And I don't believe he would have. And so with that said, I lean towards Orozco being a guy suited perfectly for Virgil Ortiz. The discredit I'll take from Ortiz here is that Orozco was actually able to time him with a giant looping right hand. You know, and I'm being technical here because we can just look at the results that he had. He just overwhelmed him. Well, that's what he was there to do. Orozco doesn't have any recalls in the game. We know what he's going to do. We know 
how he's coming at you. Virgil uh, Ortiz has every advantage in the world versus that style. Longer, you know, the jab, just everything for that little guy. That guy got the short arms. The, you know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's coming right at you. It ain't no tricks to him. He's a Mexican-style fighter, and he's short-armed. So, like, this is perfect for boxer punchers. I mean, it's this is what we do here. Um, and it looked like Orozco started to discourage Ortiz for a minute or two there, maybe about the third, fourth round, something around there, and was walking them down. And I'm like, oh, shit, is this all it takes? You know what I'm saying? And I don't think anybody could argue that. I think that was apparent that that started to uh, happen. And it was good to see that Ortiz was able to rally, regain control, and put this guy away. But this is a, a, a guy at the welterweight division who's 10 years older than the other fighter who's supposed to be a blue chip. That's the huge um, age discrepancies we're talking about in the lighter weight division like we just had with Pacquiao Thurman. You know, but Ortiz able to do what he was supposed to do. My biggest thing that I'm looking at is like if Orozco was able to kind of outbox him time and kind of outwilled him at some points, but being completely outgunned. And I think the perfect word for this fight is outgunned. Because if any other welterweight is landing those 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 right hands that Roscoe was able to get off, and this ain't a guy really known and he was able to jab Ortiz. Ortiz was getting touched. You know, maybe he was excited like he said and just came in there a little willy nilly. But if not, those are all red flags to me, him being touched real good and discouraged. You see now, discouraged is another thing you don't want to see from your blue chip against a guy. This, a guy like Orozco, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to be tested, and he was, but I felt like the test went a little too much to where I started questioning, shit, can he actually lose? Can one of these clean right hands land and hurt him? But they couldn't hurt him, and that's why we have a guy like Orozco in the ring. But overall, I'll give Ortiz a B. Uh, to me, it was kind of strange to see Orozco start to discourage him, even more than getting touched, him being looking discouraged at this point of uh, his career or something you don't want to see in your young fighter. Synonymously, ironically, you know, Ortiz is his last name. And at about 21 years old, Victor Ortiz looked just as good as this Ortiz. So we'll have Uh-oh. to say how, how any of we'll have to see how it goes. But I tell you, it was a time where I looked at Victor Ortiz. He could have been 19 or something on ESPN. But I said, that's the next Chavez. That's what I said. And I'm talking about, I don't know if people go back that far with boxing for real. Not everybody. But Victor Ortiz was on fucking like ESPN or something at like 19 stone cold faced it. And I'm talking about punching. So, got to pump the brakes here with Virgil and let it happen. He knows best. He said he needs time. Give him time. Yeah, his quote was, I definitely got a long way as a boxer to reach that world championship status. Well, that's an that's a, a, a interesting critique of himself and his career moving forward, for sure. Uh, at least he's uh, being, uh, I, think, I believe, overly honest with himself, maybe, you know. But uh, he definitely has a lot of tools, and his performance yesterday 
I understand the high praise from certain boxing fans who uh, want to instantly put him in in the in the pot of say the you know top ten or top fifteen uh, at either welterweight or junior welterweight whatever. Uh, but we'll definitely see how this one goes and uh, how his career moves forward. But so far it looks promising. Uh, Janelle, yesterday this fight had generated a lot of talk in the boxing world for a kid who is so young and showed um, immense talent yesterday. Looked good, hasn't seen a seventh round yet, and put the beat down in round six. What was your thoughts yesterday about Virgil Ortiz Jr.? Well, I mean, um, he showed some durability. I mean, he's been on a tear, but I'm not jumping the gun because, I mean, you know me, somebody got to really show something for me to hop on their bandwagon. And I saw last night, man, he was getting touched up last night, man. He got touched up for the first few rounds until he put the dude, until he put it away. But also the guy he put away, and let's not forget, he was coming up from 140, his first fight at 147. He was undersized. So, I mean, I mean, yes, the kid is still, Mortis is still young. So, it's like, he's only 21 years old. Don't rush him yet. The way they try and talk about as if he should be fighting for a world title sometime soon. Come on, he's getting there with any of the top guns at 147. Psychologically, his career might be over. I mean, they will literally uh, ruin him psychologically. Man, he might still question his own ability. Is he good enough for this uh, sport and that third? I mean, move him slowly, man. Groom him. He's a big, strong kid. I mean, he has good technique. But like I said, he got hit a lot last night. So, I mean, he has to work on that. I mean, he got touched up some. I mean, not some, but he touched up a lot. He was touched up. So, it's like... Um, let's not say, okay, we're putting up a Spencer. I mean, come on, Spencer to land those shots or, or Crawford or those guys. Come on, man. It would have the kid. But, again, he's still just a kid, only 21 years old. So I'm not saying rush the kid fast, but I, mean, I don't see him as a top prospect the way I mean, they're trying to put him up in there with, like, say, like guys like Shakur Stevenson's or whatever. I don't think he's in that. I mean, Stevenson is actually doing a little, a little bit better, if you ask me. And, like I said, like I said, Ortiz oh, got touched up a lot last night. He has to work on that. Yeah, most well, definitely, as far as Stevenson, they're probably they're probably. I think Stevenson is better, no doubt. But as far as where they are in their career, they're they're basically at the same place. They both knocked out two older bums their last fight. I mean, oh, they're, no, they're at the same better. level. I'm saying Stevenson is yeah. better. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying you're saying that he's way above. I don't think it is. I don't think so. I think that Shakur Stevenson is in and a Taylor, weaker division. No, no, no. I'm saying talent-wise, he's better. I'm not talking about, like, where they're at in the career. I'm talking talent-wise. I'm not quick to be sold on his talent yet because it's like I'm just not sold on it yet. I got you. Well, 14-0 with 14 KOs, so it's not it's not too much he can do to beat these guys that ain't been beating them. Both the, both the last guys that he beat, I, I think, hadn't been stopped, right? Mauricio Herrera. Hadn't been stopped. This guy hadn't been stopped. They run into that young bull, and they both got stopped. So, um, yeah, but but I, I agree. That Stevenson is, you know, he's an Olympic fighter. I don't know if Virgil Ortiz is a, if had that was that good in uh, the amateurs. Just grooming. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he he just need more grooming. That's all. Um, don't rush him fast. The way the comments are trying to make it seem as if like he, he's ready for the elite guys and shit. I'm like, oh whoa, slow your brakes a bit. You know what I mean? Just slow your brakes a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, like Willis said, you know, Herrera's never been stopped, and he got stopped. And then 
Orozco's never been stopped. But that last fight that Orozco had with Jose Ramirez, you know, top rank had it as a fight of the year uh, candidate that they had in 2018. And, I mean. Not at 147, though. Yeah, not at 147. But, I mean, you know, he took a hell of a beating that fight, even though he did go to the cards. Got dropped twice, and one of those uh, drops that he got was really, like, just one leg fold over. Pretty bad, but, you know, he got he got, he got a lot of uh, got a lot of hands put on in his last fight, even though he went 12th. But um, uh, <clears throat> funny because Jose Ramirez is going to be a little bit of the conversation moving forward with the guy that is pretty uh, is is pretty pissed off right now. Uh, Regis Progress, who I have in the two part segment coming up right now, um, it, it, it's reported that he is pulled out of the Josh Taylor fight for the World Boxing Super Series that they have going on tournament that was leading up, you know, best fighting the best at the end of the day. Um, I like the concept because it takes away the bullshit from uh, politics from guys meeting up. And I love the venues that they've had. It had a, I mean, it's had a great feel for it. It felt like just a, a gladiator type tournament from guys from different countries coming out with, they have a certain fan base there. And it's just, I, I love the, the world boxing super series, the way it's been so far with the Muhammad Ali trophy and all that. It, it looks great. On, it looks great visually and concepts wise. Um, but for whatever reasons, I don't know if they're not generating money from uh, a lack of television promotion or, or things of that nature, because, Regis Proglas is pulled out because um, basically he hasn't been given a date and he's been missing uh, payments and they don't have a venue and they're telling him that, well, we might have this date, but it's going to, it's going to take away some odd weeks for your, your proper needing for a training camp. And um, I, it's crazy, man. Cause uh, I believe his, um, his representative is waiting for the World Boxing Super Series to uh, give him a give him some sort of clarity when it comes to when am I going to get this so I can set up camp and get ready to do so. And they gave him a five day deadline that they would get back to him at the World Boxing Super Series. That is, and didn't hear from him. Meanwhile, the World Boxing Super Series announced the uh, Inoye fight with Donito Donare. So it's like. They're taking care of business when they're supposed to be taking care of this business, but it seems like they just pushed it to the side. So um, Regis Progress is filing a lawsuit against the World Boxing Super Series, and for good reason, you know. Um, he's he, it was scheduled, or he was supposed to make somewhere around seven hundred thousand for his fight against Josh Taylor in the championship fight. You know um, that most likely would have led up to whoever won that fight between uh, Josh Taylor and Regis Progress to fight Jose Ramirez for all the titles. Granted, if Jose Ramirez um, successfully defends uh, whichever mandatory comes first because he is the, the double champ right now and Regis Progress has the other title. But um, <clears throat> Jose Ramirez in this part, this part as far as not being a future opposition, but Jose Ramirez's last fight that he just had was under Matchroom and the Zone, which Regis Progress is also a part of. Jose Ramirez got $4 million for his last fight 
against Maurice Hooker. Four million is a lot of fucking money when you're talking about Jose was fighting in a unification bout, and it's essentially similar, minus the unification, but significantly was a similar type fight where I, I, it was 700000 and then the bonus was uh, $1.3 million, somewhere around there. So the bonus is more than the fucking check. It doesn't make sense. And if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. And if it don't make venues, we got nothing to do. The guy's 30 years old. Uh, in the prime of his career, can't be wasting time. But he had pulled out of this fight with Josh Taylor, and I'm not so sure what's in the foreseeable future for Regis Progress, but it's a damn shame that this had happened because of the fight with Josh Taylor leading up to the uh, ultimate unification fight with uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez at 140 is what everybody wants. It's, 140 is popping right now. Two years ago, eh, it didn't seem like 140 was it was anything. You could have a, a guy trying to build himself up like an Adrian Broner or something. If he can make 140, you know, he can get a title from someone. Right now, not so easy. Uh, Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez, Regis Progras, Maurice Hooker is still somebody to be dealt with down there. There's there's a lot of talent at 140 right now, man. And, you know, I, I was looking forward to the Josh Taylor fight, and I I I, I respect what Regis Progras done, and you all know how I feel about Regis Progras uh, from comments before. But, you know, I think he – he did the right thing, and you know, uh, uh, with the topic coming up, will lead up to the following and finishing point of this. But Willa, as of right now, what the fuck's going on, man, with the World Boxing Super Series? Man, it looks like they're they got that funny money. Um, from what I was reading, yeah. yeah, like you said, they money was supposed to be deposited in the escrow. It didn't get deposited. Then they then they mm-hmm. came back five days later with another proposal. Um, you know, so they're suing. I mean, that's what you got to do, man. I, I know that, you know, you could tell that Progress wanted to fight. <clears throat> Both guys, you know, they wanted to fight. But if the money ain't right, you know, like like Floyd always says, they're prize fighters. They're fighting for the prize. And if, if the money ain't right, we can't fight. So they're trying to – I think contracts were signed, you know. So I think they're suing because, hey, man, you said you're going to put this money in it. The contract was signed. We don't have the money. So, uh, you know, and it looked like he was supposed to make, from what I was reading, like at first he was supposed to make a million dollars. And then whoever won got another million dollars or something like that. But now they they pushed it back to seven seven hundred thousand, And then whoever wins gets 1.3. So, yeah, man, that little, what is that, little 300,000, that, that, that can go a long way. So, you know, I'm not mad at him. When I saw the news, I was like, man, what the fuck? But, uh, you know, he says he wants Jose Ramirez next, so hopefully there'll still be a unification fight coming up soon. Um, but, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, that we won't get to see this. And it's all it's all on the World Boxing Super Series, it looks like. It has nothing to do with Regis Progress because, you know, he's doing what he's supposed to do, following the contracts. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely, man. And, and and leading up to it, man, like, imagine this. Like, before Jose Ramirez had, had beat Maurice Hooker, he had one belt, which was the main belt, the WBC title. Um, Regis Progra has a main belt, the IBF, I believe. And 
you look he's looking at himself I'm I'm guessing, I'm just assuming in a similar light to Jose Ramirez. He don't think this guy's better than him and he thinks he's better than him probably. But I'm getting a check for seven hundred thousand with the same with the same promotional company and this guy's getting four million? Like and this, I mean, imagine if you were if you were working with the same guy that you pro- you were more qualified for that you felt, and he's getting that much more money than you, and they're being stingy with you with money. Like, you know, I've I've had harsh words for Regis Progress for some of his comments he's made in the past, but I mean, yo, I'm I'm with Regis Progress 100% in this one, and I can see why he he's got to be heated heated and and pissed off about this because. You know, that funny money, that'll fuck someone's day up, man. Especially, you know, you know these boxers, these guys ain't, they ain't getting paid every two weeks. So if, if, if money ain't getting deposited when it's supposed to, and it's coming from this, this great, you know, WBSS, like, with the Muhammad Ali trophy and all that stuff involved, but y'all ain't paying me? And y'all paying this guy? Oh, yeah. I'm all with Regis, man. He. He's got to be steaming over this shit. But like you said, it is the World Boxing Super Series that is to blame. I just I just don't get it. I don't get it where they should have money coming in enough to fund. But shit, I don't know. Maybe they wasted all their money on the, the theatrics and, and the uh, uh, whole venue as far as how that's set up and all that good stuff. But let me, let me ask JP about this one. Because JP, I know it's a, it's a, a long-winded issue that's going on here as far as him backing out with Josh Taylor from the World Boxing Super Series uh, championship fight to end the tournament. And then he's got the issue with the same Natrum zone promotion giving Jose Ramirez $4 million when you're getting 700000 in what is essentially a similar type fight with Josh Taylor being, you know, if not similar, close to Opposition that Jose Ramirez is facing Maurice Hooker. So this is a, a long issue, but this is the first part about Regis Progress we're going to talk about. So uh, with, with all this came out, I was pissed off that we're not going to be able to get this fight as what it seems like. And then funny money. This is a, this is a headache of an issue for boxing fans, man. I thought we didn't have to deal with this in a tournament type of a, a setting. But what's your thoughts on all this, man? It's a shame. Because on the competitive side and the fanfare side of it, this was going to be really good. You got two guys who really believe in themselves. Uh, I believe you to have the little racial element added, which is always there, and we just ignore it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would have been fun. It would have been a really good fight. You know, I would have. You know, I think we just have trouble here. You know, and we'd have to see the best out of both guys. I thought this is what that fight would do. So, I guess I'm wondering if it's... You sound a little not, muffled a little bit, JP. Okay, if, if it's not the zone who's at fault here, it's WBSS, right? So, who's that headed by? Who, who's the, the person we can point to for that organization? Uh, I think I mean, his name is Chris. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, he has a name. It's somebody. So the that's the person AG. in the head of the person. He's the person ahead of the person. The person's being paid out is what I'm getting to. 
because this is really odd for this to have happened. You know, I I I don't know if we've ever heard of this, you know, a contract being signed and funds not being transferred. I don't it just seems a little I don't know, man. That just doesn't even seem like a part of the business you ever hear of after a contract's been signed. So, so is, is there anything yeah, more to yeah, it? Yeah, we expect this kind of shit in some lower-level mixed martial arts company, not fucking World Boxing Super Series or the Muhammad you know, Ali Trophy involved in boxing. It's ridiculous. And we've never heard of it, though. You know, this is like a first-time occurrence for something like this, right? I mean, I know we had uh, Hearn a while ago when Wilder and him, when, you know, AJ talking out his ass was like, well, if they give me $50 million, I'll take it. Next thing you know, Shelly Finkel right. and Al Heyman said, Here, here, here's $50 million. What them motherfuckers say? Them motherfuckers say, show us the poop of funds. They came back the next day or two and said, look, I know them dudes got the money. I was just bullshitting. They got dough. All right, that's what Eddie came out and said. And here's the irony here is that, you know, we can't get a, hundred, a, a million over. You know, we can't get a million to get transferred here. It's, it's, it's awfully strange, man. I just feel like if it's dollars we're talking, that's too um, contractually binding. If mm-hmm. if the paperwork say a million, then it's a million. I believe something else is involved. I, I just, I'm inclined to. But what it, what it is, I have no idea. So I guess it doesn't matter. But uh, extremely disappointed that this fight doesn't happen believe both dudes were game and we would have seen a really, really, really competitive fight. We would have really seen if uh Rukuru was that beast and we would have seen if, you know, Josh Taylor, I mean uh yeah, Taylor, right? Warrington. But um Yes sir. Taylor, yeah. Just really is it is that dude. Um mm-hmm. yeah, just extremely disappointing I believe more developments to come with this one. More developments to come. Yeah, uh, uh, if 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 I'm no Nito Donare and Nayayo Inoue, I'd probably be looking over my shoulder a little bit, like, "Hey, man, make sure that this money comes through because their fight got set." But who knows what the hell's going on over there right now, man? Uh, Janelle, your thoughts on this one, bro? Because it's it's a it's a big issue going on with Regis Progre and the WBSS. And they've been on some BS for real. Janelle, Janelle. All right, that makes it easier for me to move along. Um, well, I sent you an email this morning. I was gonna. I, I had the the whole list set up for the show uh, last night. I just I had company over, and I I went to sleep about three in the morning, man. And I woke up bright and early, went to the gym, and I was like, you know what? I could talk about it, but it wouldn't do it more justice. I'd rather have the, the sound bite played because I believe it was Thursday night. I could be mistaken. I didn't bother putting this one in and sending you this one because this is just Adrian Broner on his Instagram um, looking at, at, at followers' feedback and responding to stuff where he looked like he's at a restaurant. And Bronner right now, he's all over the fucking place. Um, he was talking about retirement not too long ago, and I mean not too long ago being within seven days ago. Um, he was uh, at this restaurant 
talking crazy about, you know, calling Regis Prograss a bum, and I'll beat the shit out of him, and I'll beat the shit out of Jose Ramirez, too. Like, he said he's going back to 140. 143 catch weights are over with. Um, last night, as I was up uh, in the wee hours of the night, I seen at 1.30 in the morning, or, or maybe around 2 o'clock, Adrian Bronner posted um, on his Instagram story, single as fuck, exclamation mark. And, um, I mean, <laughs> you know, AB's uh, old lady, she's she fine, man. That's a nice piece of, uh, uh, that's a nice red bone right there. But um, Adrian Bronner's been all over the place, man. And it's an old fucking cliche that we always talk about with AB. And I, I got a lot of love for the guy, but I got to I gotta plant my flag one point or another. Now, as far as in the ring and performances where I bet for him or bet with him to beat game opposition, that's over with. I ain't banking on AB to win no big fights. That's done with. But from a humane standpoint to what kind of person AB is, uh, speaking to him in person, hell of a guy, cool person. Background, I can relate. I remember coming from a, a, a bad background where I'll never forget the taste of powdered milk. Like, I get that. And I'm with AB from, from where he comes from and all that. But you know, this stuff about calling Progray a bum and beating the shit out of Jose Ramirez. Um, again, if you would have told me this two years ago, if someone came from the future, said, I'm from 2019, fam, it's 2015, uh, AB is talking crazy, but he's going to get his ass whipped by Regis Progray and this guy named Jose Ramirez. I said, get the fuck out of here. But now, after he was talking crazy on his IG feed, uh, Willa, honestly, I, I don't know if Broner remembered the shit he said because he's been very quiet. He has not responded to Regis Progray. And when Tim Bradley made a comment about Broner being a tune-up fight back in 2017, Broner's calling him an Uncle Tom, you know, calling him a bitch-ass ninja. And, like, he was quick to respond. Terrence Crawford called Adrian Broner a fanboy when he was chilling with the Charlos and Spence. Broner went ghost, didn't say nothing. I respect Regis Progry because whenever, I mean, he's calling out everybody and he is never in a short of words. Whenever somebody has something to say to Progry, he is going to say something back. Called out Bud Crawford. Called out Ramirez. Talking about Fresno, whatever, whatever you want to do. And he was quick to call out A.B., for calling him a bum and saying he would beat the shit out of him. DJ, can you drop that track that I sent to you in the email this morning? So I see Agent Brown talking shit again. Fucking, he gonna beat me, I'm garbage and all that bullshit. Adrian, you're a fucking clown, first off. Nobody take you serious in the boxing world. You shit water. You call me garbage where you below me, you shit water. And you ain't had a, you ain't won a fight since Adrian and I was. And bitch, you barely won that. Look, talking all that shit, I'm going to take care of my business first, what I got to do. Then, bitch, I want to see you. Don't talk about you about to retire and all that shit. You want a brick and all that. 
So, bitch, you call me out. I want my round first. Oof. Yo, I ain't gonna lie, man. I got goosebumps listening to that. Because I can feel Regis Progray ain't playing. He said, don't, reco- don't retire. I want my round. And you know what? I feel this way, honestly, guys. And I hate to say this. But I feel like everything Regis Progray said there is what everybody who's anybody thinks about Adrian Broner. Thinks he's a clown. Nobody takes him serious. You haven't really beat anybody. Your biggest fight is Pauli Malignaggi that you won. And I think everybody thinks this about Broner, except not everybody's going to speak on it because contractually you can't really get Broner in the ring like that from shit talking on IG or whatever. And really it'll just come down to a, um, you know, probably some really profane back and forth that's just going to be an embarrassment for, you know, both sides. Why, so why would, you, why would you talk shit to somebody where you know you're not, probably not going to get him in the ring and he's going to make some you know, disparaging remarks about whether it be your wife or, or whatever, whatever? You know, Tim Bradley calling him Uncle Tom, for example. Um, I'm with Regis Progress on these comments, and I think he kept it all the way 100. And personally, I think that Adrian Broner at that restaurant had a couple of drinks and probably woke up and didn't even remember the comments that he said. Willa, this is a sad topic for me because you know how long we've been rocking with AB, but right now I think that he got nephewed by, well, I think they're around the same age, but I think he got nephewed on this one and he's yet to respond, which is very, very suspicious from an outspoken a person like Adrian Bronner. Uh, what's your take on this, man? Because honestly, if he, if Regis Progride pulled out of the fight with Josh Taylor, hey, Bronner said he's coming to 140. Maybe he can get a fight with Bronner. And and since uh, Ramirez has to uh, defend a mandatory, which would be, I'm assuming, for from the WBC, or it could be either one, but if a mandatory comes first, that's what you got to take care of and not get stripped. So both fighters would have a fight essentially before they can meet up for ultimate unification. Um, what's your take on this whole thing, man? Because Adrian Broner brought a, a big burden on himself from what I believe to be some drunken comments on IG. Man, yeah, AB's been all over the place, man. And it makes sense now if you said last night he says he's single as fuck so you know usually guys like this there's a couple of things that do it to him drugs and women we see that he was talking about using drugs and he finally wanted to he he wanted to see what shooting some heroin was like or smoking or doing all this but it makes sense it makes sense now that he's having relationship problems and uh you know we know that he might not do drugs but he he does uh drink a lot and yeah, sounds like he might have he might have been just talking drunk noise on on IG, which can get you in trouble. But um, you know, progress coming out talking noise, saying that AB's a joke. I think you know, as a fan of AB, you know, you got to sit back and you got to look and saying, yeah, people, everybody is laughing at him, and it's a shame. But we just seen that Regis Progress was guaranteed seven hundred thousand dollars. 
for his next fight. Mm-hmm. Broner ain't making seven hundred thousand dollars a fight. He's way he's making may, way more than that. So in the big scheme of things, Pro Grace is still a little dog trying to get get up to big dog status. And um, I agree with that. You know, so I feel a little. I feel it's it's mixed emotions. You know, we want to see AB do good, but with all this nonsense happening, you you never know with this guy. He's he's very off the hinges, um, loose cannon, getting fat. He's very fat. Look, you know, I've seen him. He's at every fight. It seems like he's doing interviews, but uh, he's you know he ain't looking like he's in shape. But if he says he's ready for 140, we want to see it. You know, if he's gonna throw punches. You know, who knows? Is is progress the real deal? We believe he is, but we don't know if he's the real deal, really. He hasn't fought anybody worth a damn either. So, I mean, yeah. he has no big wins. So, it's like, you know, that would be a good fight. I would want to see it. Um, I don't think he's Broner's biting off more than he, than he can chew or anything like that. You know, I think Jose Ramirez would out-punch would out him, you know. But progress maybe he try to knock him out. Broner ain't getting knocked out. That's one thing we could say, Broner. He's uh, he's gonna fight. He, well, you know, he ain't getting knocked out. So I mean, that would be a good fight. I don't know what's wrong. I mean, we do know what's wrong with Broner. He's single. And he's having relationship issues, and now in 2019, people did on social media, and that's what we got here. So hopefully, you know, he's not shooting us, snorting heroin, and he's uh, you know, he'll be able to get back in the boxing ring. I think he's only 29, 30 years old. He's got plenty of time. Um, he's made plenty of money. He still has plenty of money to be made. So, you know, I'm praying for AB. Like I always say, I want to see him do good. But, you know, it's getting harder and harder to defend what he's doing out here in these streets. It seems like he's sort of calmed down as far as the foolery, you know, the but the social media stuff is sort of getting out of hand. At least it was this week. But it all makes sense now, you know, if you're – you know, you're a guy, single mother. Well, he wasn't single mother. He had his dad around. But if you're a guy coming up, you got your girl. He's calling. He's been calling her bae, and he's been in love. This seems like it's been going on for a while for him to be him. to seem like he probably got dumped. He wants to, you know, put heroin in his veins now and smoke and do all this stuff. So it makes sense, man. It was probably just some drunken social media action going on. I agree with you. So, but and, and, and since he hasn't said anything, that lets you know. To me, that lets you know that he's probably mm-hmm. hurt somewhere. I don't think he's scared of progress. I think he's telling the truth on how he feels about it. And but the other stuff, like I'm not even, you know, him calling out saying he would progress and all that. I'm that's nothing. This is boxing. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm not worried about that. It's the other stuff that sort of that's got me worried. But it all makes sense now. Single as fuck. That means he's when you put that out there. That means you're upset, and it all makes sense. <sighs> yeah, um, and uh, uh, this this woman that he's been with, uh, I mean, he's he's been with this woman from as long as I can remember. Jim Gray interviewing him back when he was uh, you know, so called Mister HBO back in two thousand eleven or something like that. Uh, maybe maybe earlier, but he's been with this woman for a very long time, and um, I. I I don't know, man. We, we all know women could uh, get you off the hinges and things like that, but uh, yeah, nah. <laughs> Broner is just 
it's just it's never a it's never shocking to me. Like whenever something like this happens now, uh, it seems like he, he he has a roller coaster type of a life of emotions, and he puts it out there for display. Now maybe back in the day, uh, we all know the issues Mike Tyson had, you know. But without social media, that shit gets undermined and and a lot of it swept under the rug. But nowadays, you got fucking. I mean, he has a million plus followers where. Uh, things that you say that you could, you could delete the video ten minutes after, five minutes after, but people are gonna put that shit out, and you know everything that you put out there is is on record. Um, I I don't know what would happen in a fight with Regis Progray and Adrian Broner, but I mean from a um, just an assumption perspective of it, I think Regis Progray would probably put some hands on him. Um, Jose Ramirez is a terrible matchup for Adrian Broner because Maidana put the blueprint out as far as smothering Adrian Broner and making him shell up. We've seen it multiple times. Granados, everybody who who gave Broner a tough fight or, or has beaten Adrian Broner has went off the blueprint from Maidana. And we know Jose Ramirez throws a lot of fucking punches. And, um, you know, I've seen both fighters up close and personal. Jose's a lot bigger than Adrian Broner. Um <laughs> Sad story, man. Seems to me like a guy who, um, you know, sometimes when I see Floyd Mayweather posting, you know, all his jewelry and money and when he's by himself or whatever, you know, sometimes, you know, most people be like, dang, you know, Floyd's iced out. But I, I look at it and I say, man, that, that just seems like a sad person to me who has everything in the world, but he doesn't have some of the close things that really make a, 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 a somebody, a human, happy at the end of the day. Uh, and I, that's what I see with Adrian Broner. JT, this is a, a, a follow-up with what we had with Regis Progress. Um, Adrian Broner talking shit, hasn't said nothing. Progress came out. Don't retire. I want my round. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, I was up late last night, and I seen Adrian Broner post. Single as fuck, he's shooting dice. Um, I believe at the strip club, I think it was last night. And I mean, typical AB. <laughs> what is your take on all this and, and all this and that with Adrian Bronner, Jose Ramirez, and Regis Progress being uh, all messed up? Well, I'm going to touch on one point in there. It's a cautionary tale to tell everyone out there. You know, because it's a lot of Adrian Broners running around on the street. And every now and again, be a Mexican dude, a white dude, who will beat up that Adrian Broner type nigga on the street. And then sometimes they be thinking every nigga is an Adrian Broner type nigga. Ah, oh, they just mm-hmm. like, they ain't going to do shit but slap box with you, and niggas don't know how to fight. They just all mouth. So the Bible says, never try to tell the wheat from the tear. Okay, that basically says don't try to judge because you can't tell. So when you pick wheat, like a straw of wheat, right next to the wheat is what's called a tear. And that looks identical to the wheat. So the Bible says don't try to tell the wheat from the tear. Cautionary tale when you played that um, prograde sound is you could just hear with no, no sharp talk a real nigga. From a fake nigga Progray and what he said 
you just knew that shit was real. You just know it's real. And, and, and ain't no, you know, ain't finna be no bitch shit. It's finna be straight up. Uh, whatever kind of style you want. Mexican style, he fight that style too. Um, all them styles. So my point is, don't let the Adrian Broners of the world fool everybody. It's, it's, it's real niggas that still walk around out there, but they quiet a lot of times. They don't talk sharp and wear Gucci cut-off leather vests and shit like that all the time. Most times it's a sheep and wolf clothing. But for Adrian, man, it's a, it's a time to take him considerably, um, seriously and out of a context that involves boxing. You just got to pray mm-hmm. for him as a man at this point. You know, you, you pray for him as a man. Miss Louie Bags, we've all come to know and love on Instagram and Twitter. She's apparently gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I hate it for this day to come because I, I've seen him try for years. You know, he he really put her out there. He didn't like, he, you know, hide and he got a family and a baby mama. No, he's, a, a, yeah. a, he's from the hood like a, a lot of my homies. You know, like, nigga, I love my little family over here, but I'm still with the homies, though. I come home at night every night, but all day I'm with the homies. I got homies like that right mm-hmm. now, you know, that's got a son. Uh, they take pictures with, they do all that shit. But the only difference in them is they finna go gangbang, you know, in their spare time. Whereas you and I are catching a ball game or, you know, they, they still like that. And that's what right. AB has looked to me like that over all these years. And the hope is always there is you just, he just matures out of it before the game gets him. You know, it's a, it's a race to the finish. Who, what, what finish line are you going to hit first? Your maturity line where you say, okay, fucking with the homies is not conducive for me. I'm over fucking with the homies. Um, I need to go be more of a family man or does the game get you before you get there? And so for AB, it, it might not be jail anymore. Hopefully still, we got to keep our fingers crossed there, but it's the loss of his family, man. And that's due to, you know, having a lot of money and being outward fly bitches throwing pussy at you. And you're not mature enough to turn that down. And, you know, as a man, we all know it's women out here, heavy, heavy. And, you have to be mature enough to turn all that down, even when you off the leash, so to speak. And I can imagine if I was a millionaire and I'm out in, in baddies, you know, tens, what we call a 10 on Instagram is going to die to get that man. That takes a level mm-hmm. of maturity shit. I, I, I say you need to be close to God for me. Um, so, and he'd probably succumb to that, man. And, and that's no shame. That's no shame. Now, we hoping this heroin shit and all that is just tongue-in-cheek and hyperbole. But what's definitely happened is he probably got caught up with some hoes, and now he can't see his kids every day no more. I don't give a damn who you are. If you live in the same the house with your kids and you wake up to them and they come home to you, then you're going to have a hole in your shit. But imagine that with a gang of money, though. What what else I'm going to do? Fill it up with bitches and more drink and more smoke and more, you know, more and more of the shit that's killing me. So you, you got to pray for him as a man at this point. Boxing to the side. Boxing, if that man ever comes back and throws ten punches together, we'll all be back on him. We'll all be back on. 
But until that day, we all believe there's still a chance he'll throw that 10-piece combination and then do it again and then do it again. And that's all he got to do. He's always a step away. But until that day, man, just having me your prayers as far as just being a man and keeping a train on the rails, man. Uh, yeah. It's it's a rough one, man. It's a rough one, bro. Like, uh, I mean, you have to draw that fine line. You know, um, like for me, when when I, I'm in a good situation right now, I'm okay. But you know, I don't I don't hang around a lot of the same people that I, I'm still cool with. I don't I don't chill with a lot of people because I don't, you know, involve myself in you know activities that they still continuously involve themselves with. You know, you have to. You know, if you kick it with clowns, people are going to assume that you work. At the circus, and I, he, he, it, it just seems he can't get that that hood out of him where he's you know continue like hey, if I was with a chick like that, and Miss Bluey bags a beautiful woman, there's no way I could be chilling at the strip club on a regular and come back home. And you know Adrian shows that he's he's a good family man with his kids. You know he's he's, he's posted videos to teaching his son Adrian Bronner. Uh, the little guy loves boxing and, you know, is always trying to put on gloves and, and watch highlights of his dad and, and all that shit. And, you know, uh, it, it, it might seem like a comedic standpoint, but, um, you know, uh, on next Friday, Uncle Elroy said it best. I was the guy that said, I love the hood. I love the ghetto. But as soon as I got my check, I was gone. <laughs> and that's some real shit. But man. look, RC. I got love. It ain't even a matter I don't think this one's a matter of the homies Necessarily Miss Louie Bags ain't leaving Because he was fucking with uh, Lil D-Nim You know he just be hanging out at uh, Trey's house playing Madden too much She do fucking leaving <laughs> Because them hoes he, She leaving yeah. because of hoes Now dog I don't make a lot of I mean for an average guy, I probably make I make enough money to be like well, another hoe of old me for sure. So I ain't got to worry about it. My test be out like that because you know yeah. I could imagine how the fuck I'd be acting if I had millions of dollars like Adrian. I don't know. I like they say God won't bless you because He's afraid you will leave him. I get it because you give me five hundred dollars to blow in Vegas. I'm acting a fool in one day. A monster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> A monster, an absolute monster in one day with 500 bucks. But imagine if I had millions at my disposal. So am I coming home? Am I being faithful? Doc, this is man's greatest downfall in the history of the world. You know what I mean? So let's not act like, let's not alienate Adrian Broner for doing something that's most common to man. You know, having a bunch of money at your disposal and not being nearly mature enough to manage it and the things that come with it. And so do what he's doing, what every other millionaire does. You can uh, look at Floyd and say he's lived a weird life, but Floyd has lived the perfect life for a man that he is. Hey, baby, ain't no need of me to play uh, picket fence with a dog in a mailbox in front. You know what this is. That makes the most sense, actually. But when you give a millionaire who's not very responsible a ton of money with women throwing themselves at him, and you try to play picket fence with mailbox and dog, man, 
most times, either baby going to have an understanding or are probably going to break up. You know, we've seen it happen with the best of them. This is very regular. So let's not put Adrian Broner on the island and just shake our head at him like, damn, man, you know. No, this is very regular happening. Very regular. He cheated on his broad, and he's sad about it. And he's an extreme nigga who was probably raised by his mom more so. That's all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, one thing I always respected about uh, Miss Louie Bags is I, I followed her for a while. She's and she's always said like, I'm I'm not with Adrian for the money. Like, I'm with him for our family. And 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 and, it, and it, I mean, she's she's shown to prove that. She, to me, she doesn't strike me as a gold digging bitch from how long they've been together. And and I don't mean to say a bitch like that, but I'm just you know, just putting it tongue in cheek, but uh, like Floyd could have those chicks around and they're just going to be there for the money. He can fuck off, do whatever he wants. But, uh, you know, this is a rough one for Adrian because, I mean, this, you know, it it, it could put you in a heavy downward spiral, man, and, and the hinges could get uh, taken off very quickly, and especially with an extreme guy like Adrian. It, it, it's easy for somebody to say, oh, man, if I had that much money, you know, I'd put this away, I'd do this right, but when the bank account got some them seven digits there, add alcohol, and everybody knows uh, by way of physics, the first thing that happens when you have alcohol in your system, what gets taken away? Your judgment. So, and I mean, <laughs> oh man, this is a it's a it's a heavy a heavy issue going on with Adrian from a man's standpoint. Because look, I don't have any children, but. You know, I, I mean, Willa and JP, you guys have children and a family. Like, I'm pretty sure you guys can't just go out to the strip club every night and come back home like everything's all rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't believe that's what's happening with him. I don't believe he's at the strip club every night and being that irresponsible. I believe he tries to do it, man. He goes for periods of time where he just be at home with the kids, but he's like any other man. And even less mature. We all got stints in us. You see Willa breaking out every now and then. You hear Willa in Miami and there's Willa breaking out. You know, we it's just different, though, because we don't got the same money at our disposal. They're having $1,000 to blow or some shit, you know? Regular man money. But, you know, this is a dude with way more money than that and less mature. And probably like 30 years old And was a millionaire by the time he was like 25 and shit A lot of things happened That, you know The least amount of education he probably ever had Is money management You know, when everybody's been broke in your family forever And never had Two pennies to rub together And you run into millions all of a sudden The shit's a train wreck, man But, um you know, I don't think he was out of club just being disrespectful to his woman. I don't believe that's what it is. It's just a reoccurring situation with the hoes, man. A nigga far less popular and with far less money could have has these happenings with his wife. You know, far less of a, of, of, of a notarized man. You know, you cheat on her. Oh, you good for a while. I'm coming home, baby. I'm gonna shit. I ain't going. Y'all want to go to the park? Y'all want to go to the carnival? <laughs> the aquarium this weekend? Uh, let me barbecue. Let me put the s'mores on. You know, you're doing all of this shit. Helping <laughs> out with homework for as long as you can. And then you break out a little bit, and then two years later it happened again. She catch a little shit in your phone. 
you know, you might not necessarily didn't plug the broad, but you you're guilty again. And you know, with reoccurrence after reoccurrence, you know, she gonna get her money. <laughs> and that and that's the whole story too. Like, uh she looking at him like nigga, you do know I don't leave empty handed here. So if we right. do split up, I'ma be straight, dumbass. So, you know, keeper to keeper at the end of it. Like niggas talk about Kobe putting down that four million dollar ring. Kobe's like, nigga, do you know the hundreds of millions I've lost fucking with this bitch? That four million dollars was the best investment I ever made. Shit. Oh man, on God right there, look at Blake Griffin's situation. He gotta pay that woman a lot of M's every year for you know, Kanye West said it best. Eighteen years. Eighteen years, man. This <laughs> shit's crazy, bro. Um uh, Janelle this is a, a, a situation that's been far too reoccurring with Adrian Bronner. Um, Regis Progress came out responding to Bronner talking shit. Bronner hasn't said anything back yet. He was at a restaurant talking crazy on his uh, uh, Instagram live feed that, you know, he said Regis is a bum and he's garbage and I'll beat the shit out of him. I'll beat the shit out of Jose Ramirez. And, uh, you know, Jose Ramirez had a video yesterday because Jose was with uh, Floyd Mayweather at the, uh, or not with, but in the same building in which he was uh, was talking to Floyd at the uh, Nevada uh, Boxing Hall of Fame. And uh, he had an interview yesterday um, about his response to it. And he said, I would love to be the first person to knock Adrian Broner out. So Broner's talking crazy and got both fighters chomping at the bit. And, at the same time, he's got a, a a lot going on, per usual. Um, single as fuck, talking about shooting up heroin and retiring and all this crazy stuff. And, I mean, uh, just a lot going on with Adrian Broner. I don't know if you're aware of some of these uh, topics that we're on right now, but what what is your thoughts on all this right here and there? Because, uh, honestly, Broner said – well, Broner did say that he's – going to be available at 140. No more catchweights at 143. And it just so happens that Regis Prograis and Jose Ramirez are at that junior welterweight division. Well, I mean, I'm Adrian just talking up a fight as far as like the whole drug situation with him. I mean, I mean hey, whatever's going on in that man's personal life, man, I don't, I don't even want to chime into that shit. That, I mean, sometimes, I don't look like that dude sometimes needs some help, but but my eyes, I think it's all just marketed on him. You got to keep in mind, I mean, he hasn't won a significant fight in how long, but yet whenever he fights, he always getting paid over a million dollars. It's all, it's always over a million people viewing in to watch him, whoever they want to see him get beat up or if they're rooting for him or whatever. So it's like, I mean, I mean, hate it or not, man, he markets himself pretty well. I mean, even though even though it's not the heights he was when he was undefeated because, like, he was a – he was really being marketed well as far as his self-promotion. But he always finds a way to uh, keep himself relevant as far as, like, have people talk about him, even though he's not doing much in the boxing ring the way he once did. So it's like, uh, I I mean, you want to knock it, but on the same note, hey, the man's still making his money. The man's still doing his thing. I mean, it is what it is. But like I said, his personal situation with his, uh, whatever his girl left him or whatever it was, that someone has, um, uh, uh, he wants to be shooting up heroin to see how heroin is. Uh, I mean, that's just idiotic, man. He just needs to really calm down. A lot of people on social media, they be putting their personal lives on, on, on social media. And 
that's just ridiculous. I be seeing people on social media, oh my god, oh my boyfriend just left me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I mean, come on. I mean, come on, man. Put that. Come on, don't put that shit on fucking social media for crying out loud. I mean, this world is getting ridiculous because social media. I mean, but I'm, I'm like I said, I don't care the fuck. I, I mean, I don't want to see that shit on social media. But as far as him marketing himself for those two fights that they they kept 140, I think kudos to him honestly, because like. I mean, he really shouldn't be relevant in boxing. He yeah, really but, shouldn't but be. The but, yeah. is, but, the, but the thing about that is, Janelle, is he said it one night, and he hasn't responded at all. And remember, Tim Bradley said that, oh, yeah, I'd love to fight Adrian Broner because I need a tune-up. And Broner's going crazy, posting, like, three posts a day on, on Instagram and shit, like, just talking hella crazy, calling Tim Bradley and Uncle Tom and all this crazy shit. But he hasn't said anything about what Regis Prograde or Jose Ramirez had said. So that makes me believe, like, shit, I don't even – this is just me. I, I think he he was drunk because he was at a restaurant. I, I don't think he even remembers the shit that he said because he has yet to respond to it. I don't so, think so it. It's not like he's, so it's not like he's hyping up a fight because if he was going to hype up a fight, you respond right away to both guys and say, which, you know, something. That's why I, I don't think it's a hype well, up yes, a fight. Man. I think he has been recently hyping up the whole Keith Thurman shit since Thurman lost Pacquiao. He's been calling Thurman's name and la la la. I mean, I mean, but hey, oh, yeah, we, we all know what created, that is. I mean, but it created options, is what I'm saying. It created options. I because mean, he could fight even one of those guys, and and people are gonna tune in. I'm so, I'm mean, maybe he's weighing out his options, but I think he's gonna fight one of those guys. I think I don't think I don't think he's really afraid of getting ring with anyone because of course the guy's still got any money. He has a lavish lifestyle. He has to take. You know, he's gonna. He's gonna take that fight. I'm telling you, he's gonna take one of those fights. He has bills to pay. Do you like his chances in any of those fights, Jose or Regis? Man, I, I don't know what Broner is right now. Broner's not. He's not taking boxing seriously. So if he loses, I wouldn't. I'm saying if he loses, I mean, I would have him favor to lose. Honestly, he doesn't. He hasn't taken. He hasn't take boxing seriously in so long, so it's like, I'm mean, just, it's just hard to pick him. It's just hard to pick him against anybody. I'm mean, Thurman. Uh, if he yeah. plays Thurman 147, he's getting, he's getting knocked out. Well, I don't know where Thurman is at right now himself, so so it's kind of hard to say he's knocked out because Bruin does five or ten. He is. He's um, very, he's very durable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not the most skilled guy out there, but. Yeah, um, guys can't knock the guy out like that. The guy can't take a punch. He can take a beating. That's yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got a little pop to him too, man. Uh, uh, hey, Janelle, you out with the family, man? Easy. No, I'm giving somebody a ride with their kids. I'm giving them a ride. Yeah. Oh. I that green car, Huh? I got you. Yeah, you funny. <laughs> nah, but like I said, but like oh, I said, man. I mean, I mean, Bruno just, I mean, he doesn't take his career seriously anymore. So it's like, I'm, mean, how could you fucking pick this guy for anything, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation, man. And like I said, dis- I don't know what happened. He disrespected boxing. I'm saying something. He disrespected boxing years ago, and, and boxing's been slapping him in the face ever since. Since he disrespected the sport, he didn't groom himself sure. at the lighter weights. He blew up in between fights. He didn't take it seriously. He relied on his power, the lighter weights, rather than trying to groom himself properly, 
jumped up too high in weight classes, fighting guys bigger and stronger, and got beat up by Madonna. He disrespected boxing plenty of times. And I Hopkins said it best. You disrespect the board, the sport, this sport would never forgive you. And and boxing has been slapping him in the face ever since. Ever since. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. I don't know how a fight goes with Regis Progress, but I know uh, the 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 census would be Progress favorites. Uh, Jose Ramirez, terrible matchup for Broner in my opinion because he throws punches and bunches, and the game plan to, to get Broner offset and it, and to shut him down is to smother him. And we've seen Jose Ramirez throws a lot of punches and combinations and and has a size advantage on Adrian Broner. So tough tough sledding for him. Um, pray for him as a man, as JP said, just from us brothers sticking together. And like, I, I look out for Broner. I hope he he finds the happiness in his life. But you know, he needs to chill, though, man. He needs to chill with some of this stuff that's going on. And you know, uh, I I just hope that he he gets his stuff together. He was supposed to um, have a. I can't remember exactly what fight it was that that he was gonna have uh, scheduled for. October, but um, you know he he's talking about I'm going to the bank and getting some easy money. So, um, I, I I'm not sure if that's canceled. Uh, the fight was against Ivan Redtex, um, very game opposition. Which you know don't sleep on him against Adrian Broner neither. So, um, if that's still on the table, we'll see how things move forward. But um, closing up on that. Uh, Let's uh, let's move along to the final topic here because uh, Willa, your boy, was in uh, in the ring yesterday, which pro- wasn't really highly promoted. But you know, I keep an eye on him. Uh, I, I I like Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and he was in a fight yesterday, which he called a win or retire match against Everett Bravo. And well, Julio Cesar Chavez beat the shit out of him and knocked him out in one round. Quick, easy work. Um, another guy who you know was. Uh, Wasted his talent, so to speak, but he was blessed to, to have a, a a good frame and a damn good chin. And you know, hey, you know, son, <laughs> you know, Brown is the exact opposite. He came from not having money to having money. But Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. always had money and lived in a fucking castle, so to speak. You know, um, different sides of the spectrum for both guys, but a similar type of uh, 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 downfalling type of career, but. We will see Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. back in action. I don't know uh, uh, against what kind of opposition or what moving forward because ever since that fight with Canelo, uh, it, it took a really, really big, big step back. And with your fight, I was in attendance at where the Mexican crowd was booing Canelo and cheering for Chavez Jr., claiming him to be the real Mexican. And you know, ever since then, it's just, uh, you know, been a little crazy for him. But yesterday... He had a hell of a performance and had a pretty damn good knockout with a body shot and and one round work. I mean, not much to speak on, but um, your take on Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., the prince of Mexico, as you call him. Oh, man, yeah, the prince is taking a big fall. You know, he's one of these guys, I think his record is, what, like 53-1 and one or something like that, so now he's probably like 51 wins. Uh, he's been fighting for a long time, and, uh, you know, <laughs> He was on some kind of, I think he was on Azteca. I don't even know what channel it was on. I got. I saw the little replay because, like you said, it was only one round. Sounds like they were hype. Wherever he was, the crowd was loud. 
seems like he still gets a lot of love from the Mexican fans. They love him. And I like to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I like to see that, man. You know, he is one of he was one of my guys. He still is, but you know, he's falling off, man. He's a guy, you know, out there. I don't know if he's on that white, you know, he's getting robbed by by prostitutes. He's doing all kinds of stuff, man, but hopefully he can come <laughs> back. I don't I don't know exactly how old he is. I want to look that up to see how old he's probably like he probably isn't even that old. He's probably he's, he's probably uh okay, yeah, that's what I'd say. Probably thirty three. So he's 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 in the he's going to the end of his career, man. Hopefully he can get another title shot. We'll see where it goes. He fought a guy, beat him up in one round, so it's it's not much we can say about it. I don't know if he's back or not, but you know, good body shot. He's still got the same style. He's coming in straight Mexican style, hooks to the body, coming straight forward, you know, what we like to see. But he wasn't fighting anybody. So, hey, I'm willing to watch him if he comes on real TV where we can watch him. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, and I'm hoping that he can get another title shot and see what he can do, man. But, you know, there's not much we can really say about him fighting some uh, black Mexican on uh, – on on Azteca TV. I don't even know if it was on Azteca, but I think. It, but well, I do it's, know it's a, they it's were a big TV deal over there for Azteca. They it's a big deal over there in Mexico. I think. Okay. Well, they were hyped. That's what I'll give them. What the crowd was loud when he knocked the guy out. They were loud. Uh, I did get that sense that he still he still very much loved in Mexico. So you know he's got my he's got my my love always, man. No homo. And, uh, you know, we'll see what he's got in the future. But we really can't tell off of this fight at all. Yeah, I mean, because, like, uh, I mean, this is his first fight since 2017 uh, when he lost to Canelo. So this is his first fight in a while, man. Um, and that was Cinco de Mayo 2017. So he's been out the ring for a very long time. But um, following on, my, on IG, uh, now he's at light heavyweight right now. And that fight with Canelo was a catchweight that was somewhere between super middleweight. But at light heavyweight now, I mean, uh, like two months ago or something like that, he was chopped up looking pretty in, in, in a real good physique. Now, I don't know where the muscles came from, but, and, you know, he, he he's had a long time out of the ring away from testing and things like that. I don't know. I'm not saying that, but, you know, he's uh, he, he got in hell of a shape that I've never seen before. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if he, you know, light heavyweight, maybe he could get someone out there. Maybe he could get a title shot with something out there or, or in contention with, like, an elderly. I'm reading that, like that. Angulo, Angulo is what they're saying next. Oh, um, man. Right now. <laughs> That's easy money, man. That's easy money. Angulo is – it's all bad. <laughs> but I like to see him have some success, man. Like I said, I follow him on IGN. His account's private, so it's not like, you know, um, he has his shit out there for the uh, open public and things like that. But, um, uh, JP, uh, I don't know if you've seen the, the knockout yesterday with Julio Cesar Chavez, but it was a winner-retire match, and he had a spectacular win. Um, is there any way we'll ever talk about Julio Cesar Chavez in some sort of championship contention at light heavyweight? Uh, so, ironically, just talked about Adrian Broner because uh, Chavez <laughs> yeah. is kind of the same guy, man, kind of the same guy. Boxing loves him. We love him. And he's always just a, a real victory away. 
and uh, you touched on it, RC. I don't think anybody's ever touched on it or took it this far, but don't let the Mexican fan base fool you with their love for Canelo. The guy they really want, they want Chavez Jr. That's that's who's supposed mm-hmm. to be the prodigal son of, of the game. And if he could have fulfilled his cup, let's, let's be honest, man, there's no more money left on the table than the table that belongs to Chavez Jr. There's so many millions left on that table, man. It's not even funny that this kid couldn't probably fill half the cup. You know, his potential cup, he probably yep. filled half of it. Um, if he could have really rolled this thing out and been, you know, maybe three, three-fourths of the guy his father was or whatever, there's there's millions, hundreds of millions that should have been made. But he, he just he wasn't the guy, and it's not for what we see of lack of just talent. He's just not the guy what we see in a lot of cases of a, a son of a great fighter like a Aaron Pryor Jr. or a marvelous Marvin Hagler Jr. or all the juniors in the world. You, there's rare cases where the junior is better than the father where you have a Floyd Mayweather and a Ken Griffey going to another sport. Mm-hmm. But usually, usually that dad, that kid, and I think you will see it here with old little Bronny, Ronnie James here. Them kids don't love poor Michael that. Jordan Jr. Poor Michael Jordan Jr., man. I mean, Michael Jordan got two fucking sons. These niggas ain't even like 6'5". You know what I mean? They regular, yeah, them, regular, regular, regular. <laughs> you know, they regular, man. And you Michael Jordan? you like, man, what the fuck? This bitch had to fuck this. I should have never fucked this broad because it's obviously her fault that these niggas ain't shit. Um, but you know, Magic Johnson didn't have a, a giant six seven transsexual. You know how oh, fair man. is that? You know, so I'm just saying, man. Uh, Julio Junior, man, I love him. Me personally, he seems like a blast. Like if I went down to Mexico and I was kicking it with Junior for the weekend, it's gonna be lit, lit. I gotta make sure I make it back. Oh, yeah. Make sure I stay hydrating myself. You know what I mean? Make sure I, you know, because, you know, so he's a great guy. The sport will always welcome him back. It looks like, you know, they're trying to get some of the millions that's still on the table. And it's not hard. You know, beat up a few, you know, three dudes over there in a year. Um, come over here, fight a, uh, you know, who, who, who's the perfect guy? You know, fuck it. You know, Soto Cross. I don't know whoever you want to get. Somebody who, who's a rap though and Halfway, some kind of maybe Pascal, something like that. Maybe if you can ah. train Julio. Up. But the thing is about a Pascal, you know, for Julio at this point, you gotta gas him up. You know, you gotta put him full of that that shit. So it can't be no real testing for his ass. I don't believe you can get him back because he's definitely off that yowder. You can see that all in his face. So. You know, I don't know. You have to put him full of that shit and get him back to really trying to, you know, we got to get in his head. So, you know, a Pascal. Especially with all his new muscles that he has, too. Remember that, JP? He found some new muscles as of late. Yeah, yeah. And Pascal would be perfect for the picking, you know. But uh, I'm not even sure if he can beat Pascal right now. Give him a year. But Pascal won't hold on long to that belt. The next real dude, they run out of him, that belt's gone. Yep, I'm with you, man. I, I, I love the kid. 
And, you know, uh, and I was there live to see, like, to to my surprise, you know, how the Mexican fans booed Canelo when, you know, <laughs> it's Canelo, and at the time they're cheering for Chavez Jr. And whenever you get a boss like El Chapo, one of his sons, to go out in your ring, rock, ring walk with you, you know you're respected by the community from from low places, so to speak. But, you know, I, I, I like to see him come back and, and uh, get, get brought up the right way because, you know, I, I get it. It's hard to it's hard to live in the, the footsteps in the shadow of a of a of a father who was uh, so great. You know, we we watch undisputed and Shannon Sharp always says that you know his kids played football and didn't want to play football because they always said, oh, your dad would have caught that or your dad would have did this. You know, and it's hard to live up to that, and and especially with the critique that you'll always get from silver spoon type of a uh, uh, figure that you would be, but. I mean, you know, kudos to Chavez Jr. for even the career that he's had thus far, 51 wins, three losses. But, you know, it's hard to – when you're when a kid grows up with money and a silver spoon to, you know, decide to get punched in the face for a living, you know. So, you know, it's hard to find a, a tough rich guy in the fight game, especially when they were born rich, not fighting to get rich, you know. So a little bit of a difference there, man. But – um you know, gentlemen, I think that's all the time we have for today, catching up on some of the events going on. So um, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap this one up here and and save uh, and save anything else moving forward for the week or for the midweek show with Willa. I know boxing's gonna get a little slow, but um, you know, uh, always some shit coming out. So we'll uh, we'll end up uh, one way or another, continuously putting out content um if it's really really slow you know well we might just do one show a week but uh we'll see what's going on man uh well i don't think i forgot anything for some of the news going on today the top rank had a couple uh fights yesterday knockouts but not really um any big names of significance um and dead air would not be good for us at this point in time but um you know uh it's early in the day 11 o'clock for me and JP. Um, what you got planned for the rest of the day before we get out of here, my man? Oh, uh, me? Man, Nothing gotta, much, man. You know. Go ahead, JP. Oh, my bad. I thought he said shit. Uh, no, man, I got a little uh, heavy-handed edition cooking up. So, you know, I'll let y'all Ooh. know when that's about to drop out. Yeah, I got a little time. I'm going to dive in on this Rich Paul rule. Like I've been telling y'all, these prerequisites are coming. And some came, but just in a field that we didn't know was coming in. <laughs> you know, I've been talking about the prerequisites they're going to make to be a GM and these advanced math requisites and shit. They made one out the blue on motherfuckers right now. So uh, dive into that Rich Paul rule a little bit and a few other things. Yeah, hopefully we can talk about number 84 situation with his helmet going on in football. <laughs> got, got that, got that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, JP, you just you just tap in with this man, and I'll do my best to get on there and, and rock with you in the highly demanded Fat and Black Relative podcast. We we got to get on that, man. I, I I've been itching for it, so you know we'll we'll definitely check that out. Willa, rest of the day for you, man. Sunday, Sunday. I know you're gonna be. Uh, don't be outside. You're gonna be cooking. I was uh, I was talking to uh, 
female boxer from out in Houston, Texas, Carmen Vargas, and she was telling me how how fucking hot it is over there, and and like the humidity and shit like that. So, my condolences to all you Texans out there. Um, but you know, if you wanna you wanna cook some steak and eggs, you don't always need the pan on the inside. You can just do it on the hood of your car out there, from what I hear. What you got planned for the rest of this hot Sunday, guy? Oh man, nothing much, man. Be cooling, just getting ready for the week. So, chilling at the crib, man, with the fam. Nothing much. All right, man. Well, guys, uh, due to time restrictions, we got to get up out of here. So, everybody, have a good week starting up, man. It is Monday. Make sure you keep yourself hydrated for those out there dealing with the hot climate. Summer's coming in hot. I know all of you dealing with triple digits. I'm I'm basking in the, the nice weather right now, 91 degrees. But coming up, we got triple digits for Monday through Friday. So, uh, everybody have a better Monday that you had last Monday. Kick the week off in a good start. And we will be back on Wednesday and definitely back on Sunday as we uh, continuously bring you guys everything that's going on involved in the sport of boxing. Speaking for myself in the San Joaquin Valley of Central California, Southern California with JP, Houston, Texas with Willa, and all the way to NYC with Janelle. We are the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, and we out of here, folks. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.